0: We're seeing this around the world going, actually, I have a superannuation scheme or I have some savings. I don't just want to hear it's not investing in weapons. I actually want to see where it's going to help. Yeah, I think you should feel that burden to say, well, how can I make a positive difference? And so for me, that was that chance to go into something and create a charity and is doing you know loans that actually make a difference purposely podcast speaking with social entrepreneurs and charity founders and leaders people who are making the world a better place here's your host mark longbottom
1: A really warm welcome to the Podcast with James Palmer. James is passionate about finance, particularly the power it has to do good and make a positive and lasting difference to people's lives. He's a former lawyer. James is leading the charge on social impact investing in New Zealand, private, philanthropic and government funds that are helping to make housing more affordable. Enjoy the episode. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Share with friends and family and colleagues. Enjoy. James Palmer. Kia ora, and welcome to Purposely. Kia
0: ora. Thank you, Mark. It's great to
1: be here. You're the founder of Community Finance and uh, and one other uh, business, but we'll get into that in a minute. What's its overall vision and mission? Yeah. So, you know, for
0: us, we really want to be a, a bridge. So our focus is on impact investment. And it's really as a response to the crisis we're seeing in our country, particularly on on the housing side, where We've got this extraordinary position where we've never had more money as a country, uh, and yet we've never had more need and there are proven solutions. So for us in, in simple terms, we're wanting to be a bridge between the fact there is money, there's extraordinary need and let's back things that work to, to make a transformation that's so needed. There's a crisis that is. At a scale that I think is just so eye-watering. So, so possibly, if 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 I can start there, that that can probably show why the bridge we think is needed. So, with the housing crisis, which is so often talked about, the thing that that we've seen and the reason that community finance and positive capital exists is that, you know, as a country, we're spending four billion dollars a year on rental subsidies. We've got 70% of all of our renters now getting some form of government subsidy for the rent. So we have an utter affordability crisis where every year there are more and more people where we're not talking about will they own their first home, we're talking about the fact that more and more in our community can't even afford to rent a home. And we've got on one side what are called community housing providers that many will know about, Salvation Army and Emerge Aotearoa, Habitat for Humanity, that deliver and have delivered for decades extraordinary housing for those that are facing poverty. Uh, we've got the rise of KiwiSaver providers and fund managers that that have wealth. Philanthropy is not going to solve the housing crisis when we face billions and billions to, to fix it. So the bridge was really about how do we find a way to transform the way we manage wealth, and how do we start investing in our own country and actually deliver money that delivers a great return for investors, but gets that money into things that transform lives. And that's where you have on to help a community housing provider get finance at a lower rate and help more people. And it's transformative. Last year, um, we launched another uh, entity called Positive Capital, and that was a realization that finance community finance is making a difference but with the scale of the challenge in front of us uh, the charities we're trying to support don't have the capital themselves to to actually do this at the scale our country needs and so positive capital is launching a positive property fund and this is an equity investment and what we're really excited about here is that means that the combination of positive property and community finance means that these social housing units, we can now provide 90% of the upfront purchase price with impact investment.
1: I'm particularly stark in New Zealand and the ability for people to buy a house and own a house uh, and live well is... Really difficult. Globally, it's also difficult. What are the sort of reasons why? There's obviously political reasons, there's there's other factors, but what would be your reasons why we've ended up in such a pickle? Yeah, really good
0: question. And, and and I think it's a bit like there isn't one solution. There is um it's a combination of various things. Number one, supply and demand. We were bad at building enough homes. Recently it's been about, you know, in effect profit maximization. It's been building bigger houses and trying to make the most money on the sale price. So that hasn't helped for those earning less. And successive governments didn't do enough community and public housing. So we saw a real drop in the 1990s. Uh, And as a result of that, those that earn the less have been forced either out of the private market and into cars. And you're seeing the rise of things like motels being filled, which are totally inadequate for people, but we don't have anywhere to put them. So it's a combination of that and we haven't invested in infrastructure. You know, there's a lot of areas we can now see very clearly where we haven't as a country planned ahead and invested in things that that actually are needed and that's where, you know, we haven't released
1: land, uh, which has added to the price as well. And New Zealand's one of those places where people are slightly obsessed with properly being an asset class, or you know, people talk about the price of their or the value of their houses, and you know, if you're in Europe, often it's just a house to live in, right? But New Zealand is unique culturally, I think, isn't it? And it has been really seen as a sort of you know, my house is worth X conversation, and because of that, you know, we're now in the position we're in partially.
0: Yeah, and 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 I think the traditional way of finance and and investment and banking has fueled the crisis as well, so. You know, again, if we look at the last five years, you know, we've had sixty-five percent increase in house prices. And yet we also had forty-three percent increase in in home loans. And, you know, the bulk of that is through the banks. So we do throw an extraordinary amount of money and invest an extraordinary amount of money into housing. It just often hasn't been to create new supply or affordable supply. It's as you say, it's to make the value of an existing house keep going up. And so, in that same five year period, those on that housing register have gone up 398%. And we just can't afford that. So, yeah, so what we've been doing simply hasn't worked. And there's some positive changes happening. You know, the government's increasing the amount of public housing. That's good, but it's still going backwards.
1: You went to uh, Auckland University. You did a Bachelor of Arts and then a, a, a law. Tapped off the law degree at, at the end, and, and then became a commercial lawyer. Is that right?
0: Yeah, correct. So started off doing a politics degree in history, and and loved that. But was a bit put off getting to see what politics actually looked like. Went and did law afterwards, which was a bit of a family tradition, and got to join the family law firm which my father had set up, and that was really special. And I think you know, law as a profession, I I hope, and it should always be a noble profession, or at least strive to be. And I really loved uh, getting to be there for a lot of those key moments in people's lives, um, being part of commercial transactions, getting to work for charities, and, and getting inspired by some of the amazing clients we had. So I really enjoyed that. Coming out of that was where I got to start seeing some of these charities, seeing what community housing providers could do and it became also very obvious seeing what finance can do to transform a lot of the challenges we're facing but seeing the traditional way we approached investment and finance delivering bad outcomes.
1: And a big thing to walk away from the family firm, were you a good lawyer and and was it a difficult discussion with your Dad, or you know, or even just with yourself.
0: Yeah, one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. He's a person I hold in, in incredible regard. Better lawyer than me, um, but but also a very principled man. And you know, my decision had been that was what I was committing my life to. Conversely, and and this is the discussion we had, I had an opportunity to join a charity that at the time was called Baptist Savings, that was about to become licensed with the Reserve Bank, was a charity, and and doing things in finance that really no one else was doing. And it was such a unique opportunity to be part of applying the skills I had as a lawyer and finding a way or trying to be part of a team to find a way to merge how you deal with a regulator, how you deal with finance and investors, and how you create great outcomes for a community with finance, not just profit. And it was an opportunity that I, I couldn't walk away from. So that was a hard decision, but it's one that, you know, as many of us know, you know, there are those forks in the road opportunities in life and often the best thing to do is to lean in because you don't want to regret the what if.
1: Did being a lawyer not really feel like you? Yeah. Uh, really good
0: question. I, I think for me I I also love business and entities and charities. And as a lawyer, you're often brought in for a specific transaction. Uh, and people are conscious you charge by the hour so they're quite keen for you to, to to be a small part of it and then to leave the joy for me of being able to be part of particularly a for purpose but a but a company is that you're part of all of it and that way you can be shaping its direction its strategy what it does and and for me that really spins my wheel so it's not just being there for a transaction, it's being there to, you know, hopefully positively make your mark and transform something and help it reach a potential that, you know, as an advisor or a consultant, you realistically often cannot do.
1: And you touched on um, faith-based organisations and is, is your faith or being Christian, has that been a big part of your identity? Yeah, I mean, I, for me,
0: I... I I like service you know I I I like the idea of as I think you know most people do of actually contributing positively to your world and community so yes you know for me that was uh, a big factor in what was my time at Christian savings you know um, if you've got a commercial skill set and you look out the window and you can see the suffering and the lack of a sector delivering for more and more people yeah, you know, I think you should feel that burden and say, well, how can I make a positive difference? And so for me, that was that chance to go into something and create a charity that, you know, now, you know, having left it last year, it's, it's managing a quarter of a billion dollars and is doing, you know, loans that actually make a difference and at a lower cost. And there were community groups I got to meet along the way or community housing providers where you were part in a small way of helping them house someone that had been living in a car or had been doing or or living in some sort of tragic circumstance, pretty special to be able to prop up some of those
1: groups. I know you won some awards. Um, You go to black tie events with other very commercial finance companies. What's your... How do you feel in those environments and, um, you, know, you sort of purpose and, and profit for shareholders on the back of your shoulders as it feel, do you, do you feel more and more like a, a central player or do you feel like s- slight outlier? What's the, what's the kind of feeling like when you're at those events or amongst those people or interacting with them for us to,
0: to achieve our purpose, both for me and my role, but for our team and organization, you know, we are trying to be that bridge between those worlds. So, you know, we need to be able to thrive and, and belong in those events and and be part of the sector as a reputable valued trusted partner. And we know we need to deliver for them quality investments with the right risk and return profile. And, you know, I think the way the world's going, we need to start investing with a conscience deliberately for positive impact. Negative screening doesn't work. So I would hope that every year it's just a given that there's groups like us there and forming a key part of finance. Now, impact investing is not going to be where 100% of funds go, but it can't be zero or 0.1%. So I enjoy being in those those rooms. I'm I've been frustrated at the lack of engagement by some quite big companies that I think history will, will show that a lot of those boards and management teams were behind the eight ball, but there are in every sector people who are good people and what we've needed to build community finance and our positive capital is to find those people at fund managers, um, at banks who go, Actually, I like the challenge that you're 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 offering here of delivering returns and doing good. How can we work together? And then we we make it work together. And there's also commercial beyond just the investor returns. What we've liked to see is that you know we've got already now three KiwiSaver funds investing with us, generate Pathfinder and Simplicity. You know, they've often had some of their biggest growth in new members off the back of releasing a media statement together saying, here's what they have invested in and here is the community housing provider that's that's benefiting from it. And it's nice to see that sort of groundswell in our communities of of everyday people. And we're seeing this around the world going, actually, I have a superannuation scheme or I have some savings. I don't just want to hear it's not investing in weapons, I actually want to see where it's going to help. And so they're voting with their money. And it all adds up, whether it's, you know, $5,000 or a million, they're putting pressure on those fund managers to do something authentic. And the nice thing is those that have backed us early, they've seen some extraordinary growth in membership uh, because people have left sometimes the large other fund managers or banks and said, no, let's go where these people are actually doing this. So, you know, it can become a real win-win if you do this well. Good returns, the right. The right product that belongs in a portfolio. We're there to make it easy for them. You know, we've we've got a team of lawyers and accountants here that screen opportunities, and we turn down things that that won't meet that standard. Uh, And in return, by offering a a low margin in the middle, we're able to to create that good outcome. And I hope this is where in a country in 10 years, it's more a question of who's not doing this rather than right now where it's a who are the three or four leaders in this space.
1: James Palmer, absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining me on Purposely. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Purposely Podcast. Please subscribe and leave a review. I hope you like what you're hearing, because I sure do.